Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The general became a slave. A slave who became a gladiator. Gladiator defied an emperor. Only a famous death will do. The frost. Sometimes it makes the blade stick. You find yourself alone, riding in green fields with the sun on your face. Do not be troubled, for you are in Elysium. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, loyal servant to the true Emperor Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Today I saw a slave become more powerful than the Emperor of Rome. Are you a man who once said death smiles at us all? All a man can do is smile back. Smile for me now. For the glory of the empire. Hey, it's me, Seb. Oh, Seb. <laughs> if only you'd been born a man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy Shostler. 
Nothing happens to anyone that he is not fitted by nature to bear. And I'm Jordan. Oh, God. Welcome to our review of Gladiator. That's such a cop-out. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a good one. <laughs> no, 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 as in the, the not your quote, but just that, just that saying, like, yeah. okay, everything that's happening to you, you deserve it yeah. because <laughs> you wouldn't have been given that challenge by, by karma or Absolutely God or whatever <laughs> if you weren't able to handle it. What a horrible justification for being mean to someone. Yeah. <laughs> you only got wrong. cancer because you're such a strong person. Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> the kind of bullshit, yeah. Oh, it's, a, oh, it's my fault for getting cancer, I see. You're only oh. enslaved by the Roman Empire because you can handle it. Yeah. That's right, if only you hadn't been so courageous. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, welcome to a review of Gladiator, um, which is kind of an unofficial little retrospective we're doing with Ridley Scott, kind of, yeah. So what's sort of happened here is we wanted an excuse to do aliens, <laughs> but then also want an excuse to do Terminator. And this is where they meet in the middle. Yeah. Well, no, this is the middle. This is the, this is the edge of where they meet. They'll meet in a couple of weeks time when we well, get to aliens. aliens. Alien and aliens. Yes. Somewhere between those two films. Because Jim Cameron did Terminator and aliens. Why do you call him Jim Cameron? I don't know. I think I heard it once and just <laughs> Jim, Jim James. And, yeah. Jimothy. Jim- yeah, my middle name's Jim. James, and I swear, I, I mean, I don't mind the name Jim, but Sebastian Jim doesn't sound very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, but you did this to us, right? I think this is you. I'm not saying this is your fault, like in a bad way, but this was you, right? I guess you can blame the process on me. That yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that you seeded the idea of, of, of an alien, aliens crossover, and we needed to fill a huge gap from movies that won't be released this year. There is no and I suggested, okay, if we're going to make that the bridge, why don't we just do a few Ridley Scotts and do a few James Camerons and a- the Alien franchise is where, they, is where they meet. Yeah, yeah. so you are taking full responsibility. <laughs> All the good and the Very bad. Very well. So if you're happy with know, this decision, I'm message happy, Andrew. I'm happy to because Gladiator is a film that holds up surprisingly well. I saw it when it first came out. Uh, I don't think I saw it in the cinema. I definitely saw it at home, though. I saw this in the cinema. We actually used to own this on VHS as well. Right. I mean, to be fair, this was about 2000? Yeah. Two- yeah. yeah. So and I saw it on DVD, so. Well, there you go. We, you know, I used to own the VHS, which is even weirder. And the fact that this is the second time I've seen it and we owned it all that time, is, <laughs> I guess, says, says you know, a lot about me as a person. I guess as a child, though. There was no way I was going to sit through two and a half hours of Russell Crowe yelling. That's it. I struggle to do that now at 27 years old. Now, really, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, it, it was all right. <laughs> it was just kind of boring. Had you seen it before? Yeah, like a long time ago, though. Like not in recent memory. Okay, I liked it then, uh, and and I liked it again. It it was definitely my mind did start to wander. Yeah, during the film. I think that's the main thing. It was just parts where I just like drifted off. But I think that's kind of a Ridley Scott film. Yeah, um, it is in a way. I don't think I, a, I did feel kind of similar about Blade Runner as well. So. Yeah, I don't think there's a single film of his where I'm captivated like with it the whole time. Yeah. yeah, like I do wonder and kind of think about other things or just play with my phone or whatever. But it's, mm. it's not very long before something interesting happens. And yeah, okay, I'm back on board. Yeah. Now, just to be clear, Russell Crowe's the one that's okay. It's Mel Gibson the one that's not okay, right? I always mix them up. <laughs> Mel Gibson is the the man who has been exposed as kind of a bad person. Yeah. Russell Crowe is just kind of annoying. <laughs> okay. And Russell Crowe is the one that owns the, the Rabbitohs, like the, the local sporting team from South Sydney, right? Russell Crowe is not without his yeah. controversy. I think both of them are fine. They've had a raft of nasty- Wait, so you're going on record saying Mel Gibson's fine? He's fine. 
<laughs> sharing a beer with Mel Gibson, I'm sure it's fine. Even if you're Jewish, he doesn't hate Jews. Especially not if you have sugar tits. <laughs> and he doesn't hate women. <laughs> I was really excited for a second that I saw but Mel Gibson's coming up in a movie called Waldo and thought it was a live action redo of Where's Wally. <laughs> it's about a murderer. I mean, it could be. Of course. A disgraced ex-cop seeks solace by moving to the woods, probably hiding amongst the, the, the white and red striped trees. But his quiet life comes to an end when a private eye recruits him to investigate a murder. And mm. Charlie Waldo is the name of the character by, by Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> this is not what I wanted it to be. I was really excited uh, for like a gritty Where's, Wal- Where's Wally remix. <laughs> I'd watch that. He's also in a Santa movie called <laughs> Fat Man. It centers on a rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus, Gibson, who was fighting his business decline. They already did that movie and it was fine. Did they? Why is Mel Gibson doing it? What? Did Bad they? Santa. Is he actually Santa though? He's like a mole Santa. I this think. guy's Santa Santa. Oh, the real Santa. Oh, believe, shit. Oh, All believe. right. <laughs> Although he's written, although I'll maybe not. Does he know what women want? He's credited <laughs> as the word Chris. He's in his own rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus who's fighting for his business. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe he isn't he real Santa. He must be Christopher Kringle. <laughs> Actually, Chris Kringle does make, that makes an annoying amount of sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. And then you know what? Does make an annoying this, amount this of sense. This sounds like Mel Gibson is entering into like the Nick Cage area of his career <laughs> where he's just doing weird shit. Well, that brings me to the f- third and final film coming up called Boss Level. A retired special forces officer is trapped in a never ending time loop on the day of his death, but also looks like a video game. That sounds kind of interesting. It's, it's, I'm kind of keen on that. There are so many movies out well, there right now. They've also already done that movie. It's called Happy Death Day. Yeah. And if you want a violent version of that, you go to Tomorrow. Good movie. Good movie. Yeah. Right? All you Tom Cruise haters out there, good movie. I like Tom Cruise in movies. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> okay, sorry. I, I keep trying to get us back on track, Andrew. What were you no, to I was just going to say, Runaway Success, it had a budget of 103 million, which for a 2000 film was quite a lot. Mm, that's like a lot of money. Titanic 1997 was the highest budgeted film at the time. And even that had a budget of, I think, only 185 million or something, which is nothing today. You know, That's super Transformers and other blockbusters, they routinely cost that much. Yeah. God, how much did Solo cost? Like 300 million or something. Maybe even more by the time you. Yeah. And it's nowhere near as flashy or. No, not at all. But 100 million, and it took uh, 460 at the box office. So it definitely made us money back. success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 8.5 on IMDb. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a 70 cent, 77% critical. I noticed um, that earlier. I pulled it up. Like the very first review on IMDb claims that it's the greatest movie ever. <laughs> Can it's I? good. It's not the greatest film ever. There's nothing even you know particularly awesome about it. It's just, mm. a, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's a good way to spend Fine. two and a half hours. Adjusted for inflation, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides is still the most expensive movie ever made. Above like the last two Avengers movies, okay, which is crazy town. I was trying to see if um, where Solo was. What's the figure? Um, regular figure or adjusted figure? Adjusted figure. Four hundred and thirty million. Okay. Um, I'm trying to see where Solo was on the list. CGI, I guess. Solo's fifteenth on the list, or a tied fifteenth with Batman v Superman at like three hundred something. Adjusted to two eighty, but it was two seventy five in twenty eighteen. So it's five million up. Um, I was trying to see if, yeah, I'll see if Gladiator's on this list out of reference, but I don't think it's going to be from what you've just said. No, nah, not there. It shouldn't be. Even inflation adjusted. 
it wouldn't be more than 150 million or so. It was only 20 years ago. Titanic is tied in for like 40 on oh, 43rd with like 20 movies or 204. And what was the original figure? It doesn't say that. Oh no, sorry, I apologize. I was on the wrong spot. Titanic's sixth and adjusted is 319, but it was oh, 200 so originally. 200, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So that was, was at the twice. time in 1997, the most expensive movie made. Yeah, and every movie above it's a Disney film. And I think- I'm not kidding. It beat out Waterworld. Waterworld held it before that. In 1995, that was also hell. Which is expensive. still 12th today, adjusted, yeah, yeah. which is two uh, at the day on uh, in when it was made, it was 172. And but at the time, it, but at the time, it was the most expensive. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then Titanic, and then Avatar was the highest grossing when it came out. I don't think it was the most expensive. It's the 14th one. most expensive today. Yeah. Um, it's interesting list. Like looking at it, like everything like is Disney. Um. Well, like, that's well, the only film company around. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's the only one that's left. They bought out yeah. everybody else. <laughs> well, seriously, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, then Batman v Superman. But Avatar is now owned by Disney. Yeah. So I mean, but that, I think it was then. Actually, no, two thousand nine. When did Avengers come out? No, the Avengers was after that because Iron Man was two thousand eight. Because when Avengers came out was the year that they Avengers bought it. Avengers was like two thousand eleven. Yeah, or something. Something and then Pirates again. Waterworld, John Carter, Disney, Harry Potter, Warner Brothers, Tangled, Disney, Justice League, Warner Brothers. John Carter was a disappointment. Yeah. It's all fucking Disney apart. I say it's all Disney. Out of the top 20, 17 of them or 16 of them are Disney. I'm not shocked. But I can pretend to be shocked. Not at all. You may be shocked when you learn who else was considered for the role of Maximus. Ooh, ooh, ooh. No, I have no idea. Give me a hint. All right, two thousands. The trivia game on Wednesday. Two thousands. Russell Crowe was a bit of an up and comer, so think of another Australian up and comer at the time, <laughs> and maybe think of another Australian established actor who had done a similar role in just that last decade. Um, when you say similar role, I, I I just think of Heath Ledger. No, but he's the wrong. He was young. Yeah, he said established. Heath Ledger, 2000. God, he was just doing Idle Hands, I think, yeah. at, at that time. Who's established that isn't Hugh Jackman? Would have been like just after 10 Things I Hate About You. So he'd be really young. Yeah. Est- an established, Austra- technically Australian actor. Russell Crowe's technically Australian too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. But he got it. He got the role. But this other guy had done a similar historical role in just the last decade. Yeah. Hmm. Before that. Mel Gibson was I, considered for it. I was going to say Mel's a joke because yeah, I didn't think it could too. possibly be him. <laughs> I mean, he came off Braveheart, 1995. This film is credited with sort of the resurgence of the historical epic mm. because you think 2004, you had Alexander, yeah. uh, Troy. Uh, I love yeah, Troy. Course. Good film. Um, uh, Kingdom of Heaven. And it's just mm. it's, it's sort of spawned all those things. Yeah. But I would think Braveheart kind of spawned. You would think so. In 1995, yeah. I mean, the, the big gap between between Braveheart and uh, and Gladiator, but mm. it kind of set the set the tone of yeah. long historical films that have a message about more than just what's being shown on screen. Yeah, it's the first one you'd think of if you think like modern historical film. Yeah. So Mel Gibson was up for it. Also in. Up and comer at the time, Hugh Jackman was also Aww. considered for the role. 
I could see that. But didn't get it. Russell Crowe did. That's Bloody fine. And good. And he he, mm. he nails it. He absolutely nails it. I find it, this is more, why is his accent his accent in this film? Did you find anything on that out of reference? Because like he's just no, Aussie. What's, what's the problem? It's just everyone's, I know no one's pretending to be Roman in this film, but he's just fucking Australian. Like it's not even like he didn't even go British or anything. He just went straight Australian. No, I would think he has a light American accent in this film. He doesn't really have a, a strong Australian yeah, accent. I thought the same. I heard Aussie, but Sorry. for me, but they're also calling him Spaniard. I'm like, well, that is definitely not the accent <laughs> we're hearing. Well, all the more reason why, I mean, Rome was a big you know, melting pot, a big mix mm, of all sorts Mecca. of accents. Yeah. And everybody spoke Latin in a different way. God, Latin wasn't even standardized. Mm. Good. Then. Who, who needs to standardize the language, right? Not the way it is today. Uh, Oliver Reed, <coughs> who played Proximo, the mm. gladiator uh, owner, mm. uh, hated Crow. Disliked him from the very start. Well, In fact, at one point he challenged him to a to, to a fight <laughs> and crow back down. But funnily enough, uh, bitch. Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Reed and Richard Harris, who played Marcus Aurelius, were good friends. Mm. And Richard Harris and R- Russell Crowe got on famously. Mm. Richard, Richard Harris died died soon after the film, only, only a couple of years after. Mm. But um, he was being R- Richard Harris was being honoured with some award in in Ireland. Uh, and Russell Crowe just showed up for it. Yeah. Hello. Speaking about dying, though, didn't Oliver Reed die during the film? He died during filming. Yeah. So with three weeks left to go, it was a long schedule, eighteen week schedule. So fifteen weeks had already gone past. Everybody was tired and couldn't couldn't wait for everything to be over. With three weeks left, technically, uh, there was an insurance clause that uh, Ridley Scott could have exercised that would have meant the insurance company would have paid for the reshoots. But everybody was just so over doing it, and really Scott didn't want to lose Oliver Reed, so he just bit the bullet and said, "Okay, we'll rewrite the script because he, he, he was going to have a big showdown with uh, Maximus. Mm. Proximo and Maximus were going to have the fight before Commodus mm. and Maximus had a fight. Mm. I didn't see that coming. I thought Proximo and him were kind of warming to each other during the film, unless that was which maybe is how it was edited in in the end. But that wasn't how it was scripted. Yeah. I mean, the script was a bit of a mess to begin with. It kept on changing anyway. Uh, but uh, with with only three weeks left to go, yeah, Ridley Scott said, "No, no, no, we'll 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 power on. We'll keep reading the film. We'll rewrite it. We'll use a stunt double where we have to. We'll CGI where we absolutely have to, and we'll we'll just keep on keep on going that way." And it's really well done. Yeah, I think so. I th- I think if you lost Oliver Reed, um, it would have it would have been to the film's detriment. There was this even even if you reshot it beautifully, I yeah. don't think it could have ever been as as good as with him. I was watching this breakdown of some of the stuff they did in scenes where they had to recreate him and they would take um footage of him from one scene and they would put it in but they would specifically alter the lighting in one scene that they were in so it would look and like I, new footage. And towards mm. the end of the film, I think you can see it. I think yeah. it's a bit more obvious. But also it's such an old film like 2000, 20 years, you know, it's not, it's not that old. Well, I mean, comparatively, like, remember they, when they tried to de-age fucking um, the, in X-Men 3? They tried to de-age. Oh, God, um, that's so silly. And yeah. it was really bad, and those people mm. were alive and usable yes. there. This, not the case. That's what I mean, like, yeah, they did well considering they weren't planning to have to yeah. do it. Although I guess partly they were because <laughs> we had insurance policy. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I think I only noticed it towards the end of the film because I had had, had read about- You're aware of um, it, yeah. yeah Aware that Oliver Reed didn't necessarily play every part, and towards the end it became a bit obvious. Yeah, with some of the dialogue, just okay, that he wasn't there for that, was he? <laughs> no. Oh, when he died 
in the movie, he just, he says some, what is he, he talks about like crows or some shit. He talks about some birds and he gets stabbed. And it was. It's when there's the. There's the, the breakout or whatever. The, no, the Praetorians come. Yes, that's right. They, uh, um, Maximus is about to uh, break out and go meet up with his army. But the whole thing's this one big elaborate plot and everybody involved gets gets done in. Yeah. And they do the old Pharaoh Caesar thing on him where mm. they surround him and just stab him from all yeah. directions. And I felt like that was um, we were taken out of there. Like that wasn't shot as well as everything else. I, I thought yeah. that, that bit there was probably with the stunt doubles and things, but I don't know. I don't know. It just it felt off compared to everything else. Well, again, it, it would have been a rewrite because that's not how oh, how, oh yeah how, true how, how was in, in, intended to go in the first because he was going to fight Maximus. Yeah. Oh yeah, it would have had to have been a stunt yeah. Because <clears throat> that's why I thought it was weird because he turns seizable and he, he says like some like fucking line from a poem. And then yeah. he gets killed, but it wasn't a callback at all either. It was just like this random, like, oh, the, the sky is blue and there's birds, and he stabbed. <laughs> like, that's that's your end. That's what you want to go out that's on. About it, which is fine. It works in the film, but it makes me think it, that there was some deep backstory about him that we didn't get to see. Yeah, he's aware of his own narrative, yes. but I want to know what it is. A good character, God, you could make a movie off Proximo. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure, on his own. Not now, unfortunately. Um. The opening scene where you have the big battle in Germania in the mm. in the forest, that was actually it's interesting how that how that came about. That that was a, a plot of land that the Royal Forestry Commission had already set aside to deforest. I don't mm. know for development or logging mm. or whatever it may have been. Uh, Ridley Scott got wind of it and said, "Guys, I'm willing to burn it <laughs> all down I'll do it at my you. cost. <laughs> what do you say?" <laughs> Surprisingly, they agreed. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this is more getting into the review, but I want to drop it now. That beginning fight scene instantly made me think this film was going to be stupid. When there's like the pyro- really? because they have these fucking like pyrotechnics, like the the super little fireballs, like that were happening. Like just, there was this one ba- far out, far shot where there was like two or three of them on scene at once. Like they're all charging and fighting, and there's just like these like. You know, you go to like a theme park and there's like a stunt show, and the car drives into the wall, and they have that big pre like that yeah. fireball. Well, yeah, yeah. There was three mean. of those, and I'm like, what is causing that? Because <laughs> that's gasoline, and it's because of the, the way that it exploded and everything. I was watching it, I'm like, it looked like a real modern explosion. No, the Romans had flammable liquids. I know, but it looked like it, no, looked and like they, it was being pumped out of a tank. No, they genuinely <laughs> employed them. Like all the all the weapons uh, used were quite accurate, and even the artillery. And, I mean. The Romans were the guys who invented- Toilets and roads and democracy. Covering <laughs> live pigs in oil and setting them alight and letting them run towards the enemy in order to-, oh to disp- b- Before before attacking I them. I think I'm so Roman. That's how they make free range pigs. <laughs> I think I'm Roman. When I used to the play- Romans set fire to shit. They, <laughs> they loved a good pyrotechnic show. When I used to play um, like Halo online with my friends, like from school- um, if we were getting pinned down, what I would do is um, throw like sticky grenades onto my friend and nice. get them to just nice. run. Yep, that's and it. I always thought that was some weird terrorist shit. No, no, no. I'm channeling my no, ancient that's your, Roman. That's your heritage. Sir. <laughs> what is it about? It might not be the Romans. It's a crusade story about one of the invading armies or one of the crusades getting a bunch of cats and tying their tails together with like some fabric or whatever and lighting them on fire and having them run into the town and they burn down the town. Sure. I've heard that somewhere and I sure. hope I didn't just, I hope I didn't dream of that because I'm going to have on a watch list. <laughs> Romans did it first with pigs. 
That's interesting. <laughs> and like John said, then you can eat the pig afterwards. So as opposed to cats. cats with one stone. Yeah. Um, quick, uh, quick, true or false? Oh, I love this. The hand brushing over the wheat is Maximus's, but it's not Russell Crowe's. True or false? True. He didn't want to come to work that day. Wait, what? What was the question? I'm so long. I'm going to say false just to be on the other side of Jordan, but what? It is true. It's not Russell Crowe's hand. It's his stunt doubles. It's Stuart Clark's. Oh. Just, just in case, you know, those those wheats, you know, they're <laughs> a, bit, a bit dangerous. Don't want to get- What we didn't see was he touches the wheat and then does a backflip. <laughs> I read it and, and I it go- it blows up. <laughs> I read that and I think- yeah, that's that's you know, f- fine. You're not using his face. It's going to be, you know, you use a hand model or just whoever's this is on what the set. second unit director does. It, right? that's, but then I think no, it's this is Ridley Scott. This is the guy who in Blade Runner, which we're reviewing next week, went to the effort uh, in order to do what he calls layering, which is just insane details into props and things that are never on film and you would never see them but just does them to set the tone for the universe. Mm. Things like um, in in Blade Runner, in a bus, we never see the interior of a bus, but inside the bus, they had a, the bus prop or whatever, they had a sign saying the driver is armed and doesn't carry any cash, right? Mm. That's the world that they live in. He had a sign made up for that. I think this is Ridley Scott. He does that sort of stuff and he's not insisting that this is Russell Crowe's yeah. hand. That seems it's bizarre. Yeah. And yet it's not. Andrew, I'm going to ask a question. And if you don't know the answer, that's fine. I can research. <laughs> I saw this and I don't, I, this is a stone we need to have unturned on this episode. Um, whether I need to find the stone and turn it myself. Did you look into the, the sequel script that went out for this film? And I, can you elaborate if you did? I had read that there was an intended sequel mm. that it would have taken 15 years after uh, Gladiator, it would have centered around the boy Lucius coming to coming to Is power. That the Emperor's That's, son or nephew? Yes, <clears throat> it would have centered around him coming to power, and um, Russell Crowe would have reprised Maximus, so he wouldn't have died in Gladiator. It was eventually shelved um, because nobody felt it would be in any way. Um, what's the word? Uh, Accurate, or yeah, yeah. you know, wouldn't have wouldn't have been within the spirit of of the first movie in order, in order to do that, right? But there were plans for it, certainly. And okay. why not? I mean, when you have uh, you know nearly half a million dollars uh, made in the year two thousand, you go, yeah, there may be something in this. Yep, I'm actually talking about a different script. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, well, this I haven't heard about. Written by uh, Nick Cave, as in Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Nick Cave. Seriously? Yep. Okay. As a parody, or um, <laughs> I, well, he he says it was a fun thing to write, but okay. he knows it's never going to come get made. Um, and it involves Maximus, time travel, and Jesus Christ. I love it already. That's all I'm aware of, <laughs> and I'm trying to find a more detailed, yet not too detailed, so I can go through it. Break it would down. Have to involve time travel because this is set 150 yes. years after Jesus <laughs> dies. <laughs> yes. Um. I'll have to. I'll please continue on. I'll try and find if I can find a succinct version of this to go through because I don't want to be reading paragraphs and paragraphs okay. Of, okay. of junk on it. So please, as you were, um, there was a whole controversy about the thumbs up, thumbs down, and that in Roman times 
um, the kill sign was actually the thumbs up because that was the sign to you know get your sword out mm. and do the kill. Uh, everybody, d- despite the controversy, everybody was aware of this on the production, but there was some some discussion um, during filming that said, okay, nowadays the thumbs up is a good symbol and we want to make this film for the general audience. Mm. Let's not confuse things right. and just keep that same meme. So up is good, down is down is bad, so we'll do down kill, even though the Romans would have done thumbs up well, for, right. the, for the kill. That plays nicely in a sense that there is a part where Caesar tells him to kill someone and by giving the thumbs down, and he's like, nope, fuck you, and doesn't do it, yeah. he's just following. Accurate yeah, orders. That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> it's like, you can't tell me up. I'm going to do my homework. It was surprisingly uh, accurate. And actually, the actress, I, f- I forgot to write her name, if you happen to be online, uh, playing... Um, playing... Uh, Lucia? Lucia. Connie Nielsen is the actress. Connie Nielsen. She was actually the source of a lot of... Roman history on on set. Okay, she was quite a repository. This film, sorry, the sequel I'm looking at, <laughs> um, involved all the Roman gods as well as Jesus, as well as Maximus, time travel, the spear of uh, Longinus, Long- Longinus. You sure this isn't like a lost Bill and Ted script? No, <laughs> this is Nick Cage. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's the Wayne brothers do gladiator. Cave explained that Maximus post mortem goes down to purgatory and is sent by the gods who are dying in heaven because there is this one God. There's this Christ character down on earth who's gaining popularity and so many other gods are dying. They send Gladiator back to kill Christ and his followers. Come on, that's <laughs> Bill and Ted. It mixed with Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I love it. Uh, yeah. That's great. So he wrote I'd love the to story of- Maximus being sent back in time by the Roman gods to kill Jesus. And they never filmed I see it. absolutely no reason why that wasn't made. This is Nick Cave. He's got some coin to throw around for a for a B grade film. I'm just imagining like the sequel comes out and it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, this film does not take you anywhere near that direction. Now, now's the time. Like Netflix will buy anything. That's true. Netflix will do this. And what's Russell Crowe done lately? Lame is he needs a win. I hope they do. <laughs> Actually, I was going to go see Russell Crowe's latest film later today because I watched the trailer and initially I thought he was John Goodman and now I don't know if I'll go see it because it's actually Russell Crowe. Is this he unhinged? Has, yeah. Actually, John Goodman's kind of interesting. Lot, he's lost a lot of weight. He has, oh, yeah. And shit, that's why he I, does look like Goodman. Yeah, right? And John Goodman doesn't look like John Goodman anymore. No. Yeah. I just re- I went through, I think I told you I was going through Community not too recently. Yeah. Um, and yeah, John Goodman's character as the... Yeah. Um, the principle of the air conditioning yeah, yeah, yeah. annex or whatever it is. Fucking but good yeah. shit. I may still go see it, but I'm less interested now that it's not Goodman and it's Russell Crowe. It does look like him He though. does, doesn't he? Yeah. It's crazy. I, Russell, I don't Russell mind Crowe's him. a good actor. He does He does good work. I still yes. want to I've, see the I've, nice I've, guys. I've heard very good things about it, so I'm sure he's good. Have either of you ever seen Virtuosity? No. It's the I don't f- think so. film he did with Denzel Washington before Gladiator, and I think it was his first- Sort of American film. Mm. Doesn't sound he, familiar. He'd done Romper Stomper oh, of course, yeah. in the eighties here. So he'd he done movies before, but I think the first American film he did was Virtuosity, where he plays this um uh you know, computer character essentially that comes to life through some 
you know, bullshit. Silicon <laughs> fidgetiness. You can call it bullshit. And it's good. And then Denzel Washington hunts him down. Okay. Yeah. It's good. I think I've ever seen And it. he plays Sid and he gets, you know, trapped in the end. Because he, he thinks he's so clever, but Denzel yeah, Washington but actually, Andrew, actually gets him. Does he travel back in time to kill Jesus? He doesn't. Oh, <laughs> well, he doesn't I do anything. Want it. He doesn't do anything near that cool. God, that movie sounds fucking wild. Um, I don't know if I'd enjoy it. <laughs> like, I'm not religious, so it doesn't offend me at all. It's just so fucking weird. I don't know if I'd like it. I just want it to exist based on principle. A movie that admits in its own reality that Jesus Christ is actually the son of God and religion and spirits and all that shit is real and then still sends the main character after him to kill him is fucking bananas. Like, hey, it, this guy's right about everything. There is an afterlife. Well, no, it's, it's all good. Kill him. It's, <laughs> the other, it's the other guns fighting amongst themselves. I've seen an episode of Supernatural that did this. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys ever watched Supernatural? Yeah. yeah. I love that episode where they're all, all in the, the hotel. Yeah. yeah. Good yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah. Did they ever bring Jesus into that show? No. They can bring God and the apostles and all these, but like, so help me God if Jesus slaps a bitch. Like, <laughs> no, but never, but never Jesus. And okay. Couldn't get clearance on Jesus. Yeah. No. It's always some pagan, you know, God or, or some. They put in a bunch of Hindu gods, mind you. Yeah. That's a bit. I mean, they do have God. Yeah, but they don't have God. The thing. They don't have Jesus. I, th- yeah. I think Jesus should be a character. Actually, season 15 is out. In Australia now. Yeah, the show's still going. There's still time. I haven't seen it. I'm a little bit behind. Eventually, when Dean went to purgatory and came back with vampires, I, I got really bored. I'm sure really? it gets. I'm sure it gets better from there, but that that season's I, where I dropped off. I haven't season. watched past since like the third season, so I'm very behind. Up to season five <laughs> is real solid when they yeah. they, they finished off that yeah. first Lucifer story. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Honestly, you could watch it there and stop, and it'd be fine. There's good shit after mm. it as well. Yeah. But if you did just stop when that story ended, it's a, it's nicely done with the bow for you. Yeah. Right. You have to watch the later seasons. If for Crowley alone you do it, mm. it is worth it. His mum pisses me it. off though. I know she's meant to, but she, she's like, it's the it's bad heat with me. Like, I'm yeah. just, I'm annoyed when she's on screen. I'm not annoyed at her. I'm annoyed at the show. Yeah. Um, but she yeah. gets interesting too, a little bit no. later on. No, she's yeah, Catherine she Tate from no, season 10 of The Office or whatever she's it is. She's not, she's not <laughs> Catherine Tate. She's kind of, she's kind of Catherine Tate. <laughs> You're Catherine Tate. Hey. <laughs> All right. This is another film that, while while in spirit it's historically accurate, literally it isn't. And so the the character of Commodus is not at all literally accurate in how in how he's played. Uh, but it, Commodus genuinely was uh, egocentric and an egomaniac and a, a little bit insane, um, and he was. He wasn't murdered uh, in the in the arena. Um, he was murdered by uh, an athlete called Narcissus, which was Maximus's original name in the original script. Hmm. You know, it, again, in honor of that, because that's who yeah. killed Co- Commodus. Um, but uh, despite not dying in the arena, he did genuinely fight in the arena. You know, it was all staged. Right. You know, he did horrible things like get disabled and dismembered people in there, tie them all together, and then just club them to death. Good lord! And oh, surprisingly, yeah. people turned against him for that. They didn't. They didn't like that sort really? of show. Why? What's wrong? I don't. I don't see the problem. So he lost a lot of popularity for that. But Phoenix, in playing him, was the exact opposite. He was super nervous when he was when he was. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix in, mm. in, in playing Commodus. Uh, so much so that he kept on asking Russell Crowe to sort of rough him up before before their scenes just so he could psych himself into it. Mm. And 
Russell Crowe didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So he went to his good friend Richard Harris and said, what the hell do I do? And Richard Harris, bless him, just said, why don't we all just go down to the pub and get drunk, <laughs> we'll have a few Guinness. We'll have, and we'll have a pint and wait for us all to blow over. <laughs> That's really nice, though. That is really nice, like, isn't it? How yeah. about instead yeah. of beating the shit out of the sky, we just relax. Yeah. Like, Let's have a few drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Everything will be all right. It's great. Joaquin is one of the method guys, isn't he? He mm. really falls into a role sometimes, which is surprising that he's, when playing such a cunt of a character, no, no excuses there, um, that he was really nervous and not, I, I would have assumed, I would have heard more stories of him being arrogant on set. The anything. funny thing mm. is he plays this egotistical character and he was genuinely nervous, whereas everybody else, you read some of the stories and they just had egos coming yeah. out, like Oliver Reed especially. He had a clause that at five o'clock he was done for the day. <laughs> Don't care if you didn't get what you wanted. I'm clocking off. Don't care <laughs> if you if, if you're going over five o'clock. I'm out of here. This is my time now. You can deal with the with the budget <laughs> overruns on your own time. Uh, Russell Crowe as well. He was talking uh, about the about the screenwriter. The, the script kept on changing, mm. um, but he said of the screenwriter, "Look, you know the lines are garbage, but I, Russell Crowe, the greatest <laughs> actor in the world, can bring bring that stupid garbage to, to life and make it good." <laughs> And the writer, um, oh god, I, I I'll find him. Lost his name. The screenwriter. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, but um, David Frizzoni is one of them. That was not the guy. Friends, Franzoni, Franzoni. Um, yeah. Another one kind of came to his defense and said, "Yeah, look, in honesty, the, the words, the, the the script probably was garbage." Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Logan and William Nicholson are the other two. Nicholson. He was talking about Nicholson. Yeah. And Nicholson came to came to his. His, his defense kind of loosely and saying, yeah, yeah, it probably wasn't, Look, it wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't great. Um, Ridley Scott visited the real Coliseum. Okay. And he looked at it and said, mm, it's a bit small, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they partially constructed a Coliseum set in Malta where they were filming um, and recreated the rest in CGI whenever they were, you know, needed long shots of it. Uh, that alone comprised 1% of the budget. The one Coliseum set. Mm. 1% of the budget. And that's not even where they have all their arena fights. Yeah, right. Because they have the, the African uh, arena, the, the Moroccan, uh, oh, one, yeah, I should yeah. say, uh, at, at the start of the film. Yeah, a million dollars went Yikes. to constructing that set. And they depleted Malta of its plaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> plaster supplies completely depleted. Oh, I'm just looking at pictures of the, co- of the actual Coliseum now. Just what a big circle. Luciano Pavarotti mm. was offered singer? and regrettably declined, yes, the opera singer, declined to uh, perform the soundtrack. Oh, and who it was, did in the end? And it was one of his greatest regrets. I don't think there's any voice in it. I think it's all instrumental. Yeah, yeah I didn't notice anything. Um. I have one more note. Oh, uh, that gladiators in real life genuinely did endorse products. They were athletes just like athletes are, are today and okay. they had sponsors and, yeah. and other endorsements. And the producers did consider <laughs> did consider having the athletes endorse. I don't know whether it would have been 
modern products with an ancient spin or whether they just would have made up ancient companies or whatever, but they pretty Pepsi quickly <laughs> they pretty quickly got around to the idea that, no, this is just going to be silly and unbelievable. This Let's, joke is not in the that. Hercules animated yeah, film. Yeah, that's right. Oh, it is too. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Fucking capitalist. <laughs> but that's it. That's all that's the interesting it? things. That, no, there was there was a lot of trivia, and I'm I'm missing a lot in here. And got you could read about um, the real life Commodus uh, and how how his portrayal differed in literal uh, events um, from the film, but the film got the spirit of who he yeah. was as a person. A right cunt. Hmm. Sure seems that way. <laughs> well, I mean, let's get into the actual film then, I guess. So. Oh, goodness. No, no, no. We, we, we open at the, the battle in Germania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Crowe, we haven't been introduced to him by, by name yet, is the general. He's walking around making all the preparations and people are saying, oh, the artillery's too far away. And he says, no, 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 it's all fine. He knows what, you know, he's a seasoned guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's going to win the battle. Because that's what he does. Yep, it's his job. His job is to win battles. Yep. <laughs> and he's been doing it for the last 20 years and he's and he's great at it. Which puts him in his middle ages, being a 25-year-old Roman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he is. He's brilliant at it. He wins the battle. Actually, the, the sequence is like 20 minutes long and it's mm, a well-done mm. battle. But that's what really needs to be said about it. It establishes him as a competent general. Yep. Shows us that this movie will be violent as fuck as well. Yeah. Not as violent as... Braveheart, though, I don't think. I haven't seen Braveheart. Mm. There's stabbing and blood and such, but... Yeah, I didn't find that it was especially violent. Yeah, I mean, in Braveheart, we see people getting you know, delimbed mm. and got his wife has oh, a neck yeah. slit. And I think I'm thinking about the, um, towards the end, one of the chariots splits a man in half. Oh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, that, end, that particular scene was more bloody than this one. Anyway, anyway, yeah. sorry, as you were. So, um, the emperor, Marcus Aurelius, comes to, comes to see him in the battle. And says, "Well done, you've you've um, you've won the battle, but uh, I'm getting a bit tired of all this battle stuff. And if people are going to remember me for just being the bloody emperor, then I want no no part of that. I've got a better plan." It's easy to say that when you're winning. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that you've killed all my enemies, I think it's about time we <laughs> gave peace a chance. Well, that's right. It, and, and he says, "Yeah, I want this to be part of my legacy. I want the republic to be restored, um, and you." Uh, Maximus, as the most honourable man in all of the Roman Empire, are the guy to do it. I want to restore the Republic. So what I'll be doing that is, without a vote, assigning you as leader of the Republic. As interim (laughs) to oversee the transition back to the Senate, and I know I can trust you in order to to make that happen. You're not going to seize power for yourself. Why didn't he want to just do that part himself, as in go back and just have them do it? Because he didn't have time. He's too old. He's dying. So he's admitting that... Democracy the just film doesn't work. <laughs> it's too slow. Come on, by the time you got the ballots out, Seb, yep. it, would, <laughs> it would have already been coughing up a lot. You know how many sons I have? Yeah. And they all want to kill me. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, Commodus is coming to uh, to the front line. He's only been there, you know, fighting for the last 12 years, but no Commodus had other, you know, paperwork to do or whatever, busy work. Yeah, it's shin splints. Yeah, but he finally, finally cleared his schedule so he could head up to to the big battle uh, and he's disappointed. Well, he's not disappointed that he missed it. That was all part of his plan, of course, but he's... That's me. Fane's interest. Oh, I didn't miss the battle, did I? (laughs) Oh, sweetheart, do you want help with the dishes? (laughs) Seb will say as Jess finishes the last plate. (laughs) 
um, comes to his father and, and his father basically lays it all out for him and says, Commodus, you're a disappointment as a son. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to transition the way you thought this was going to happen. Uh, Maximus is going to take over and uh, you know, see that the Republic comes in. So sorry for you for your for your loss, but uh, it's really my fault as a father. So hope you can hope you can I wear that. I just wanted to say you're a bad son, <laughs> and I don't love you. <laughs> and uh, unbelievably, oh my god, uh, Commodus kills him because he doesn't like that plan at all. What <laughs> he wants to be the emperor, <laughs> he doesn't want this this to come out. Uh, so Maximus, um, having already you know. God, any time there's any interaction with any politicians, they just get straight into it. Yeah. You know, the, Maximus, this is the side I'm on. I'm on your side, or I'm on the emperor's. You know, the the side of we need more more emperors. Um, hopefully, we can sway you that way, one or the other. Hopefully, we won't have to kill you um, in order to make that happen. What do you say? What do you say, Maximus? <laughs> which which side are you on? He honors or intends to honor. Uh, the, the emperor's the emperor's Rookie wishes. move. I'm going to go do that thing that technically no one saw me get asked to do. And when he finds out that Commodus killed him, he kind of gets into action pretty fast. But Commodus is one step ahead of him, has him arrested and taken to be executed. That's all Off fine. Go. I understand every part of this. The one thing that fucked Commodus was killing his family, though, right? Emperor's... Came and went in the late Roman Empire. No, I mean, like, all of this is fine. Sending, you know, Maximus to get executed, all that perfect plan. You're a good villain. Yeah. Killing his son and his wife for no reason. Oh. That's <clears throat> literally the plot of the movie. If he didn't do that, it would just be done. Yeah. I mean, they. He, he, he could have just. He could have just said, yeah, he was, you know, killed in battle or whatever. You know, his wife wasn't ever well, going Russell to- Russell Crowe only fought back in the execution to save his kid and yeah. his wife. If freaking Commodus didn't do that, I literally think of the narrative, it would just be done. But if you kill his, mm. if you kill his son, then you absolutely, um, absolutely make sure that his estate, you know, goes back into the hands of the empire or right. the senators or whoever, yeah. so that there's not ever going to be 20 years down the line some revenge, you know, Montoya situation. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Mm. You know, it felt he, more like a spite move yeah. than it did a foresight thing. That Maximus loved by his by his soldiers. They thought he was a great general. You know, they knew they were going to die, and he was he was preparing them for that, and said, "Yeah, this is this is a messy business that that we're in. This is what we do," and they loved him. And they should. He's charming, exactly right, and he's not <laughs> anemic by the looks of it. <laughs> And the Praetorian guards, the Emperor's guards, are stupid. <laughs> are stupid because he 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 says to them, "Oh no, don't cut off my head. Give me a soldier's death. You know the one where you're behind me and I can more easily grab your sword and and you know knock you in the head. <laughs> that one. Let's let's let's, let's do, do that, that one. Way. Yep. Yeah. And then that's what he does. <laughs> um, them saying okay to that wasn't the dumb thing. No, the man right. not being able to pull his sword out of his sheath was the dumb ah, one. Well, it's the frost. <laughs> Sometimes it makes the blade stick. You see." You should be ready and he takes for that. And Maximus takes the time to explain that too. Yep. He, just, oh. he just sort of savor that. <laughs> and then nobody else is paying attention. He calls out one by one to all the other guards who are just, you know, having a bit of a coffee and a sandwich or whatever. Smoke uh, just, yeah. <laughs> And he says, Yoo-hoo, Praetorian. <laughs> it, was a really, it was a really nice economic way of showing, apart from the fact that the battle's in the beginning, this guy knows his shit. Like yeah. it is the laughing thing of like, yeah, he's the sword's a, not gonna he, come out because I've been doing this for 20 years. He's not just a general on paper. That's right. He's a competent soldier yeah. as well. So good um, shit. This is not a complaint. I like this so, so far. So he escapes his execution. 
although his name is now tarnished and <clears throat> and he knows that he's never going to get back there. Um, but Commodus has already laid out that he's going to kill his uh, wife and son. So he hauls it. He grabs the, the horses and just legs it back to his estate from Germania back to wherever he was in... That poor horse. You know... Rome. Yugoslavia. <laughs> no, he probably would have been in Dalmatia or Croatia or something. Yeah. Um, or New Zealand. Who knows? <laughs> oh, no, Spain. He was Spaniard. Were they in Spain? They call him a Spaniard, but Maximus... Oh, he, he could have had an estate in Spain as well. Yeah, why not? But that Spain would be too far from Germany, wouldn't it? I that's don't the know. Whole, that's the whole point. He rides day and night. He doesn't even stop for water. By the time he gets back to his estate... Oh, sorry, oh, it's two hours by plane. <laughs> so it can't be that long. $72 yeah. is the flight I found. Um, Let's do it. Sorry, you could have made that in 24 hours. <laughs> Wait, how does one horse compare to one plane in speed? Uh, horses are... <laughs> Significantly slower. Well, a horse has at least one horsepower. How many horsepower? <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Wait, wait, okay. Several thousand. Unfortunately, oh, okay. unfortunately, Google Maps doesn't give you the horse option. <laughs> Cycling from Germany to Spain. I guess that'd be kind of similar. Would take a few days. 108 hours. It's just over yeah. 2,000 kilometers. And that's yeah. cycling. And that's literally from yeah. Spain center to Germany center. Yeah. Obviously, depending on where he is, if I put him... I'll just drag that. And he would have had there. multiple horses with him, and as they get tired, or I mean, I think they even went to detail that they showed that the the horse's knees were kind of bloodied from all the from mm. all the running. All right, because whatever horse he was on f- followed with him from from Germany. Yeah, just doing he some adjustments. Best. I'm putting him on the Italian side of Germany. Uh, Eighty-seven hours is the yeah. best case scenario. Yeah, a few days. Yeah, but if we even oh. of constant riding. Yeah, of constant riding. If I can shorten it one more time, though, Andrew, I reckon I get it down to sixty hours. <laughs> if I put him <laughs> on the edge of Spain, I think it's possible. Yeah, so Two, three, three, four days of constant riding. Yeah, assuming a horse yeah. is like a bicycle. Well, I mean, he's he, he's thirsty. His lips are chapped by the end of it, so he hasn't stopped at all. He's just trying to save his trying to save his family, uh, because as long as he can outride the message to for, for somebody to go and execute them um he's 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 free and clear yep he's too late however he is he gets to his estate he finds that it's burnt and his <clears throat> wife and son have been crucified which was a horrible punishment but mm. common and in sets Rome. up the, the initial theme for why he wants his revenge on christ in the sequel and he He's overcome with with grief at that point and physical exhaustion and collapses. Uh, Proximo just happens to be passing through at the time. Actually, it makes sense that it's in Spain because he ends up in Morocco, and it would make sense that he's. I'm glad you're keeping track coming of down the, coming down the coast. <laughs> How many horsepowers is a plane? <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, Proximo and his gang kind of pass through there and pick him up. He's just another slave to them. It doesn't matter if he dies along the way. We're not really going to feed him if he's worth. Jesus a few. Christ. So thousand horsepower. Um. Okay. Wait. So one megawatt equals one thousand three hundred and forty-one horsepower. Yep. Um. For an aircraft like a Boeing seven seven, sorry seven seven seven, with two of these sort of engines, they produce roughly twenty-three megawatts of power. Yep. So twenty-three times one thousand three hundred and forty-one. Yeah. Is the amount of horses so like thirty thousand horsepower. They're about, yep. So one plane is 30,000 horses. Yeah. Take that, God. <laughs> As in like science did this? I don't know. 
Yeah, nature, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got them good. You invented horses and we invented planes. Yeah. Another planes are clearly pitch. superior. <laughs> Another win for science. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Proximo, the gladiator seller, picks him up. You know, if anything, he can just sell him off as a you know shitty little slave and make some extra money. It's really, you know, not any not any detriment to him. Uh, so then we join all profit. <laughs> we get to uh, the slave markets in Morocco or the gladiator markets, whatever they oh, are. Oh, that's when Dijon Hunso and comes in. He's great. Yeah, he's he, he's the one sort of fixing his wound and mm. sort of saying, no, 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 don't touch the maggots. They're going to heal you. He's but a great actor. Maximus is delirious anyway. He doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. He's kind of zipping in and out between consciousness and you know playing with his wheat. I which really is, which like is not him. a euphemism. <laughs> no, it's actually playing with his weed. <laughs> and we we see Ahmed Jalili, or Jalili, my apologies, uh, who is the who is the the slave guy in uh, in Morocco. Ah, yep, yep, gotcha. he, yep. You know, then Oliver Reed Pro- Proximo is negotiating with him about some, uh, you know, some new guys. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, the other way around. Ahmed, Ahmed Jalili is passing through yeah, the Spaniards. Right. Thing. He meets Proximo in mm-hmm. uh, to, to sell him some, some potential gladiators and he comes up with this ridiculous thing. All right, I'll give you 2,000 for the man and 4,000 for the, for the animals and that's 5,000 for an old friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because that's how you do math in the old Roman Empire. The old mates rates discount. If you can think of a better way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good to do 16%. Pretty good discount. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I'd take that as a <laughs> uh, And then there's the, the there's the training, uh, not the training, but sort of the evaluation of how good of, how good a fighter you are. They're being purchased as gladiators, and even if they're fodder, who cares? You know, Proxima was paid either way. They were literally there was this one battle yeah. later on in the movie where they were just meant to die. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah that's fine. Honsu comes up and he's actually quite, you know, fights back uh, against the against the big the big guy, um, and he gets gets a little red thing on his shoulder, and the call is for next, and Maximus is the next guy, and he's done. He's done with life. He's got nothing to live for anymore. His wife is dead. His his name is you know smeared or whatever. He picks up the sword and tosses it and gets beaten up. Yeah. By the by the big German guy, uh, but keeps on standing up, you know, to show that he's. You know, if you if you're gonna kill me, kill me. But I'm not just gonna you know mm. take it. And Proximo, I don't know, see something in him or whatever. And, Fighting and spirit. Just kind of lets it. Yeah, and just kind of yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about this later, Maximus. Just uh, stop embarrassing me for the moment. <laughs> yeah. and, and not for my friends. <laughs> Jesus, so embarrassing. Yeah, but there is uh, there is the there is the first arena fight in in Morocco where Maximus um, kind of. Proves that he still has this willingness to fight, and uh, he has this little heart to heart with Proximo before that. And Proximo kind of says, "Yeah, look, I used to be a gladiator as well. Um, win the crowd, and you'll win your win your freedom." Yeah. And all Maximus cares about at this point is just getting Commodus, getting him back, and killing him because he's the one who killed his his yeah. whole family unjustly mm. as well because he defied the emperor. And he was just trying to just trying to fulfill the emperor's wishes. Derek Jacob is going to deep um, defy the emperor like twelve times in the next scene. He doesn't get nearly yeah, as much penalty. Yeah. <laughs> so then, the, I mean, we can brush over this. It's wonderful to watch 
But there's really not much more to say that, yeah, there are a few arena battles and Maximus proves himself. And, and he they're all of, pretty good. Yeah, they're all pretty yeah, good. They're, they're, they're good fight scenes. Gets on with Honzu and kind of starts to get that camaraderie with a lot of the, the gladiators and they end up in Rome. Yeah. In Rome. Um, Commodus has his coronation and Derek Jacoby playing, uh, playing Crassus. Have either of you seen Vicious? Uh, Jacoby plays no. um, <laughs> plays a, a very gay couple with uh, Ian McKellen. Fantastic show, really funny sitcom. Kind of it, it has the feel of a of a nineties sitcom, but done in this modern way that isn't cheesy. It's fantastic, right. and it's so it's so gay <laughs> that, that it's hilarious. It, okay. it is it is terrifically good. And unfortunately, Derek Jacoby is so good at his at, at his role in that. Now, when I saw him speaking in, in Gladiator, <laughs> I just kept on expecting him to finish every single sentence with "you bitch." <laughs> <laughs> so I actually know him first um, from Doctor Who. Yes, oh, no, no, me too. It's just vicious is that mm. good? It's that is that pervasive that it, that it came through? But he's decent. I, I quite like him in this movie and in general. Like yeah. he's always <clears throat> he feels very authentic for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the film really is about um, Maximus and, and Commodus and just how they're doing things. There are other characters, but we don't really get that much interaction. Like the, the, the senators are there and all they're really there to do is to either confirm that Commodus is crafty and wily and, you know, doing the right thing, like organising 150 days of games. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good move politically. That's confirmed by the senators. Mm. Or they're there to scheme against him. And that's it. We don't really get any backstory into them and even Crassus, uh, Derek Jacoby, later on in the film, ends up being the guy that wants to help Maximus in order to um, uh, break away and reunite with his army so that he can come and liberate Rome. Yeah. Um, even then, he's only really doing it because he's going to get something out of it. Yeah, right. Uh, and he doesn't actually care for the politics that much because he's a politician after all you know whatever whatever he can use to That's get what ahead it comes down to yeah yeah uh, <clears throat> and there's there's a little bit more plotting um, we find out that Maximus and Commodus sister had a history together and she kind of comes around to it by the end once once he's recognized there's there's, there's the big fight in Rome the the first fight in Rome um, where Maximus is the is the big hero gladiator of the day, he's wearing a mask, and the emperor says, "Oh, yeah, you know, you is this? Yeah, come, <laughs> come and come and honor Caesar by removing your mask." And he refuses at first, and Commodus goes, "No, no, no, really, come on, <laughs> do it, or I'll have you." <laughs> and he takes off his mask and says, "I'm Maximus." And it's so awkward. Well, he's yeah, like, it's, "Oh." It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I want to say really good decision. I don't know if it was ever an idea to do it or not, but not having – there's only really one female lead in this entire film and not having her and Maximus like burning and like really showing much affection for each other. They kiss and that's, and that's all yeah. they do. Yeah, Because the whole thing is like, this is all revenge about that time you killed my wife and yeah. I feel like him hooking up with someone at the same time I would undermine that a bit. Would have so, taken away from that mm. grief, that's right. So I, I'm happy with that choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. That said, surely in the Roman times, everybody was fucking everybody, everybody. right? Everybody. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Just all the time. Yep. Couldn't, you couldn't turn a corner without somebody <laughs> oh. somebody going for it. Uh, That's why they wear togas. It's really <laughs> easy to get to the important bits when you're not wearing pants. So Commodus is disappointed. 
that Maximus isn't dead. Of course. As he had explicitly ordered <laughs> back in Germany several months ago. Mm. Or weeks or whatever. asked you to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up with this elaborate plot, plot of organising a series of more and more challenging games <laughs> where surely Maximus will die. And he doesn't. Just like the good James Bond uh, uh, that he is, he defies death at every single turn. The idea that he couldn't just say, just fucking kill him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they're going to boo you anyway because you're a weird little freak. Like, it doesn't matter. And the movie explains that by uh, by establishing that he's on side with the crowd now and by executing someone that the crowd loves, yeah. you know, with, without it being a legitimate death in the arena, he can't just kill him because... People he, will turn against him he for that. He can't, sick. He can't do a heel turn, Seb. He got sick. He's no. the over baby face. <laughs> yeah, I know, and there the are ways around it. But, <laughs> but the movie does explain, I, no, I, I can't do it. You know, I'm, I'm Commodus. I'm going to come up with this elaborate plan and it's going to be fantastic and I'm going to, you know, check off all these other things off my list because I'm doing the games anyway. I'm just going to use that. He's not made of money. He's the emperor of Rome. He's not made of money. He can afford one sword and one guy holds that sword. Yes, but he can't afford the repercussions. Just poison him. If it's they can't, there's no fucking Rome CSI. They're not going to know what killed him. The point he is, shat himself to death. It's Roman times. <laughs> People just did that. Now the point is the whispers start, and then if he dies in any way other than legitimately in the arena, even if even if he did fall sick or something, there would be suspicion that the emperor conspired to do it, and he would lose favor. So he has to. He has to do. It's a. It's a. It's. It's a game. I get it, but yeah. also you just one knife. Just I know. <laughs> I know it would be. And by the end of the film, that's exactly what he's what he's trying to do because he challenges him. Okay, challenges him to a game uh, of a of a one on one. Yeah, there's a lot that happens and also a whole plot. Uh, okay, you know when they have their one on one at the end, he stabs yeah. him in the back first. He's weak for yes. the fight. Why not just do that for any of the other fights? You could. You could, but there's, oh, no, a, I know. There's, a, there's a drama to it being- uh, Not complaining about the movie. Yeah, I had a good Commodus, time with it. Commodus being the underhanded guy that he is. and yeah. I just think he's he's very stupid. Yeah. In, the, in the meantime, I'll, I'll say very quickly, there is um, his, his old uh, um, dog's body uh, comes to him and says, yeah, the men are camped there. Nobody's forgotten you. There's some stupid Roman in charge now, but- Everybody loves you. Yeah, everybody loves you, Maximus. If you came there, we would all be, you know, 100% behind you uh, to do this. Whatever you need, we've got your back. Um, And there's a whole plot that has the promise of this big invasion Mm. of Rome, but it never materialises because Commodus kind of exposes the whole thing and arrests everybody and kills a few people. And the movie tricked well. me. I'd seen this before, yes. but I forgot. And I was like, was there a raid on Rome at the end? Yes. I can't remember. But no, it's all it all comes comes unstuck in the end. And that's fine. Um, yeah. I, I think the one-on-one battle is actually a better idea in terms of just you know having the characters yeah. feel a bit more mm. fulfilled about like what they're doing as opposed to just a big a blowout raid. Which, tell me wrong, the way this movie was shot, that would have looked fucking great. Yeah, but it's more meaningful to have it just yeah. come between the two of them. I think better it's, for the story. It's it's a really long revenge story, but it has enough, you know, gladiatorial fighting and kind of a, a little bit of light intrigue. Again, it's not elaborate. You don't have to be. You, you, the film isn't trying to trick you yeah. at any at any point. It's telling you exactly what's going on, and these are the players, and these are this is how they're working. They're opposing sides, and you know it. 
may not be exactly clear who's winning at any one point, but you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know, the the surprises that come out is just in seeing who who wins. It's not, you know, it's not a chess game where all of a sudden there's a flying saucer that comes down and, right. you know, lasers off one of them. No, no, no. It's a, it's a chess game. You you can see the pieces moving and, you know, the surprises in how the player moves the piece. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's a revenge story. Absolutely. That's ultimately yeah. it. There's, there's Commodus' ambition from the start. He doesn't like that he's being done out of uh, of his position, that he's... He's not just proving the reason, though. No, no, no. That's exactly right. But it's, it's, it's ambition for him and... Marcus, uh, Marcus, um, Maximus is a man of honor. He wants to uh, pass on the, the 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 wishes of Marcus Aurelius, who wanted the Republic to regain. When he finally does kill Commodus, which of course he does, he wins. His you know he's he's dying himself. He's bleeding, and you know, he he immediately says, "Okay, these are my orders. Everybody is to be released. Um, the Roman Republic is to be restored." Um, Good day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's how efficient you can be. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's what Marcus Aurelius should have done in the oh. first place. It, it kind of undoes all, all, all the hard work that, that you know, oh, he yeah. thought it was going to be this huge process. No, he could have just said, uh, do it, guys. Yeah. And <laughs> Hail Caesar, dead. <laughs> Democracy is restored. Yeah. I loved. Okay, so the fight between Commodus and Maximus, it's fine. It's slow. The idea is that Commodus is not a really good fighter anyway, so he's having to use these underhanded tactics, whatever. He kills him. and just At the, at the very start of the film in Germania, um, uh, Maximus is kind of doing the rounds and making sure everything's where it is, and he sneaks a look at Commodus, who is rehearsing this elaborate you know, sword fight, but that's all it is. It's just a, it's, it's just a production. Mm. It's not him actually fighting. Yeah. It's just him doing these moves to look really cool. Yeah. So yeah, he's not a really good. He, he, not even a little bit. He's terrible. Yeah. He can he can perform the moves, but as a fighter, he's rubbish because he's never fought in his life. He's only ever done these rehearsed uh, uh, plays. Yeah. Yeah. So he kills him, and there's this fucking. I I cackled when this happened. <laughs> there's this overhead shot after it's all happened, and everyone's picking up Maximus's dead body and walking him out, and just on the left hand side of the screen. Is just fucking Commodus's body. <laughs> just, no one, no one checking on him. Nothing. And then they cut to like, I guess a couple of weeks later, when um, Digimon Hanzo's character comes to bury like these trinkets that Maximus had in him. And I was like, is he still fucking there? Like watching to see him. Like, <laughs> um, but he wasn't, unfortunately. But I was laughing so much at the fact that he's left him in the middle of this thing, and yeah. no one was concerned because everyone was like, I think as a whole society, we can agree, fuck that one guy. Uh, yeah, he 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 lost the crowd. Yep. Everyone though. And Maximus has the crowd. Sister didn't even go to his body. Like nobody <laughs> yeah. wanted part of it. No. Because he screwed over everybody. He did. He was super rude. Do you guys have any specific scenes you want to talk about, man. or do you want to go to verdicts? Again, there's nothing. There's nothing particularly, you know, visually st- like. There's not. No. There's, there's no one scene that makes you go, "Oh my mm, god, that yeah. was that was amazing." The whole film is generally quite good, quite consistent. It keeps your attention for the most part, mm. and the fights are good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like all, uh, yeah, all the fight scenes are probably the best part. Like they're really well put together. The one that you mentioned before, where the dude just gets fucking disembodied, was pretty dope. Yeah, that chariot, <laughs> that whole chariot scene was great. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Well, I'll hit the verdict button and we'll get into it then. Let's. You've heard the good, you've heard the bad. A lot of 
I, for me, this is an easy recommend. Um, it's a bit on the long side, but it wasn't terrible for me in that way. Like I was captivated the entire time. It's like Angie said, like there's no peaks, but there's also no valleys, but that doesn't mean to say that the film is average and just sits down the line. Like we're, we're at a flat line of above competent here. Um, really well put together. The acting was solid. I do hate the bad guy. And normally in films, I'm just sort of like, they're the bad guy because the, the hero wants to kill them. But no, this... This was a bad guy. He was getting all the right kinds of heat from me, which is good because I wanted to see him punished. Um, yeah, easy recommend. The performances are good, both from Joaquin Phoenix and Russell Crowe and everybody else for that matter. You know, nobody's nobody's phoning it in. No. Um, even though there are a lot of characters that don't have any, <laughs> any depth to them whatsoever. They're just sort of reading lines. Yeah. But... Uh, the sister has, you know, is genuinely afraid for her life, and you can see that um, when when the plot is revealed uh, that, that that she's behind trying to save Maximus. <clears throat> Maximus really hates um, Commodus, and Commodus is genuinely afraid for his position at the start until he, you know, basically undoes everything that Marcus Aurelius had um, had had put into place. Yeah, and it's a good film to just be in the Roman Empire for a couple of hours. It's a good mm-hmm. atmospheric film. It's it's not a historical documentary, but it's just you're just along for the ride and you can enjoy you know being a member of that society. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Like I, I thought it was fine. I sort of struggle like just personally, I don't really like sort of period pieces and stuff like that, so it was kind of a hard sell. But like once you get into it, like it's like I said, a bit on the long side. There is some bits that are a bit kind of boring, and like I did drift off a little bit here and there to just doing other things. But <laughs> like by and large, like there's a lot of good stuff in it as well. Like yeah. Yeah, opening scenes really good, all the fight scenes and all that sort of stuff are super entertaining. And like you said, like Crow and um, Phoenix are both really really good, and all the other supporting cast are fine as well. Um, so yeah, I guess like if if you're into like historical older timey kind of stuff, I would definitely recommend it. Um, if you're not, it's still like a perfectly fine film. It just might lose you a little bit in places, like it did with me, I guess. It's a it's a simple script for that matter. You you, you can follow the story along. As I say, you don't need to be you know, some sort of genius yeah, detective in complicated <laughs> working out what's going on. No, the movie tells you exactly what's going on. Yeah, and and you're along for the ride. There aren't any surprises along the way. It just it just tells a an, an ancient story. Yeah, real simple. Yeah, good simple shit. And it's a long film that doesn't. Feel long. Well, comparatively like, to next week's film, and I'm not saying I didn't like Blade Runner, but Blade Runner, I felt the length in, as opposed to this film, which because really it's so fucking slow. It is slow, but <laughs> yeah, and same director. Granted, many years between the I say many years, about ten years between projects, I think. Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like not saying it's bad, but it's just this film really moved for me. Even though we mm-hmm. are just kind of like okay, now we're in Rome. Yeah. But an hour and a half. But it just yeah felt yeah. more. Very good. Do we want to move on? Find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. The Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Second Take. You can also follow myself on Twitter if you like at Jordan MSPP. You can follow me on Twitter before I get cancelled at Bastion <laughs> underscore James. Uh, You're next. I, I am next. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised I wasn't first. Um, yeah. We have a website, secondhatepodcast.com. Check us an email at secondhatepodcast at gmail.com or support the show on our Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. We'll be back on Wednesday 
for a very actual, like legitimately very special episode of the Variety Hour because it goes for a, <gasps> it goes for an hour. The game show, the game show episode, oh. which we recorded just before this, but you know how time works. That's fine. <laughs> um, no spoilers, but there's actually a game show episode with the game show intro. Oh, it's great. I I had fun. Um, and then we'll be back on the Monday following with Blade Runner. So looking good. Oh, goodbye horses. No, I should just do the normal <laughs> one. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugera people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 